All new edition of the Bearded Carcast with Dave Friedman. I am Mike Pacheco. This was going to be uh, kind of a catch-all of what we saw Breaking over the weekend news. of the Nest NFL. Yeah, is returning. Nest, the champion three-year-old filly, <laughs> will be going ahead and mm. running as a four-year-old next year. Big date coming up yes. with Malafat. Big date coming up with Latruska. Nest will run against older horses Uh in the Breeders' Cup and return next year as a four-year-old. Okay, I don't think that's the breaking news we were going to talk about, though. Is it the the, uh, alarm here? We're at the media room at Winthrop, and uh, we, we... Got in, and it seems as though no one's been here for a while because every, what would you say, 60 seconds? Yeah, we, the fire alarm keeps going on. A little the, uh, the fire um, detector keeps going. We could You'll hear it. You'll cha- understand. We could have changed venues, but we thought it was No, this is much better. This is much better. <laughs> no, uh, probably a piece of news that was expected at some point this year, um, but came with finality after... Sunday's uh, just there you go there you go there there was a uh, disappointing loss to the it just San Francisco when Matt 49ers got fired. yeah and it was fine that Matt Rule got fired now everything is has uh, gone kablooey no it was a disappointing loss for the Carolina Panthers on Sunday what was probably most disappointing um, was the crowd turnout and not so much that there weren't a lot of fans there that's not true there were a lot of fans there there were just a lot of San Francisco fans and if you hearken back to the uh, the end of the uh, George Seifert era here, uh, right before they hired John Fox, um, Jerry Richardson did a, a press conference and he said he felt like the, the life had been sucked out of the franchise. And I think that's pretty much where we've been the last nine months or so uh, with the Carolina Panthers. I think the longer Matt Rule was employed, the, the more um, disgusted the fan base became. And then a one in four start. In a dismal showing yesterday against the number one defense in the NFL, or at least the top top three defense in the NFL. So um, finally, the the news came down today that Matt Rule has been fired. His uh, DC Phil Snow apparently has been let go, as well as uh, Ed Foley, who was uh, special teams coach. Those last two are reports as we tape this podcast. Nothing official on those, but it looks like uh, Steve Wilkes is going to be the interim coach. We do know that interim head coach and. Um, Guy that uh, is from West Charlotte, went to Appalachian State, uh, had one year in the NFL. Of course, he's a longtime Panthers assistant, was an assistant on uh, Ron Rivera's staff. So I don't think it's – and nothing is really surprising about any of this, uh, except maybe that Matt Rule stayed as long as he did. We said going into the year that we thought that the Panthers were an interesting team because things could really go either way, that there was great variability if things went together, the division did not seem to be overly strong. If Baker Mayfield played well, if Christian McCaffrey stayed healthy, that they could be a really interesting kind of under-the-radar team. And if things went poorly, Matt Rule wasn't going to be around long. And things went poorly, and Matt Rule isn't still with us as the head coach of the team. I don't think anyone is debating that a change had to be made. I, I think that's obvious. Um, there are those that suggest he was crippled by three consecutive quarterbacks that just aren't NFL starters or certainly not good NFL starting caliber quarterbacks. Well, Matt Rule's time here is gone. Do you offer any excuses? No, there's there's no excuse, I don't think. I mean, he had um, a lot of say over personnel. Um, he handpicked the three quarterbacks that he's had. 
So, I mean, I think it, it's unfortunate it didn't work out because normally in this type of situation, uh, you lose the locker room. And and even after the game yesterday, players were being very supportive uh, vocally about Matt Rule. So he never really lost his, his team per se, but he did lose the fan base. I mean, he lost the fan base a long time ago. And the owner was uh, very patient with him. Um, you know, you can't say that Matt Rule didn't have every opportunity to try and turn this around, but it what we've learned in today's NFL is if you want to compete at the highest level in the NFL, you have to have a better than average quarterback. And that just hasn't been the case. So the next coach, I I think it would be ridiculous to speculate. I don't think the powers that be have any idea you're going to hear names. And the obvious name is the guy that won a Super Bowl and was with New Orleans for a long time, Sean Payton. I don't think he's interested in the job unless you have a quarterback. I think the only way you get a quarterback is being really bad and picking at the top of the draft. Do you consider trading some of the pieces that are on the team that can help you win now for future draft picks, making sure that you're not winning too much the rest of the way? Well, that's the pickle they're in right now because they, they do have a lot of good pieces on this team. Uh, you know, when the defense is completely healthy, it's a pretty good defense. Um, the offensive line is is starting to gel and starting to grow a little bit. But, you know, there were six sacks in the game yesterday. You have Christian McCaffrey. It's, to me, I don't know that there's a viable path to uh, maybe keeping this group together and winning. If there is, I think that's the way to go. But th- this may be, depending on what the wins and losses is this year, I mean, if this is a team that wins two or three games – I think now you're looking at maybe more of a rebuild, and then do you right? T- but do you? But but, but but I think to get to your point though, you might need to trade some of those um, assets to get trade uh, trade because I think the Panthers only have like four or five picks next right. year. Right. I don't think the Panthers can trade for a top three or four pick unless they are that bad and they have earned that pick because they don't have a lot of draft capital going forward. And if you have the number one pick, that means you were bad. So a bad team isn't all that interested in adding proven good veterans. They're trying to build. So your opportunity to gain leverage is to trade good players now to play off contending teams. And by doing so, you get worse, leading you to potentially more losses and a better draft pick. Whose call is that? Is that ownership? Is that Scott Fitter? No, I think that's definitely, I mean, it's probably in concert with the general manager and the owner and and some of the senior staff, but I think that's got to be squarely on the appetite of the owner. Like does, is David Tepper want, because let's face it, if this is a teardown, now you're looking at possibly two, three years of more losing football, including this year. Now, is it realistic to say that you can just add a quarterback, a couple other pieces, and be right up in there? You know, in this today's NFL, possibly. But uh, I mean, wouldn't you tell us? And you watch a lot more Panther football than I do. If they were to add a good quarterback, don't you feel that the offense is good enough to be, if not NFL average, maybe better? Yeah, with I do. That? I do. Right. So it doesn't necessarily have to be. A teardown. But where are you going to find that quarterback? In the draft. But that still might be a year, two, three years down the road. It may be, but we've also seen young quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, come into the league and immediately be very good. Now, it did take Josh Allen a couple of years, so, so you absolutely have that 
possibility. I mean, right now you're wasting Christian McCaffrey in his prime years. I mean, yeah, there's no you know, question. DJ Morris, you know, coming into his prime years. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a guy you and I have talked a lot about. He makes a lot of money. He is not consistently healthy. If you would like to trade him right now when he is mm. healthy is the time to do it. And maybe that is the middle road in the sense that if you were to trade the running back, a position that most people think that you can find a mid or a late round pick, or you can find a free agent. I mean, look at what Miami's doing. Chase Edmonds and, and Mostert were not mm-hmm. real. They didn't spend a lot to get those guys and they're They're more than capable running backs. You trade McCaffrey, you get some draft picks, your team gets worse, you fill in running back without someone getting yeah. paid that much money, and you draft a quarterback. I mean, is that better than, let's say you do nothing. Steve Wilkes runs the team for the rest of the year. You have the exact same cast of characters. I mean, while they lost a lot more than they won, both in rules tenure and this year, they're not dreadful they're not right. so bad that each sunday you go oh they got no right, chance right, to right, win this right. game i mean they they're very much like most of the league can say they're 10 12 15 plays away from having a winning record and, and being totally fine i mean you watch these games every week and there's so many close finishes it's because mm-hmm. the best team isn't that yeah. much worse than the worst right, right. team. I mean, didn't Houston is supposed to be terrible, maybe the worst team in the league, and Jacksonville is up and coming. Yeah, and the, and, and Houston, Houston goes yeah. to Jacksonville yeah, yeah. and, and First wins. First win of the year. So if the Panthers are going to get a top two, top three draft pick, they can play it out, but it might not work. The way to ensure that is to trade the good yeah. players you have now. It takes a lot of guts to, sure. to do that. How does Scott Fitter think his um, – does he feel as though if he tears it down and they take it on the chin the rest of this year and, and they draft a young quarterback and it takes a year, does he feel like he's abundantly confident he's going to have a job? Or does he feel as though he needs to get talent to win games, if not right now, in the fairly near future? Well, the mantra you know, from the get-go with, with – David Tepper Arizona was, you know, they wanted to build on what they had and and try and be competitive and, and win, not just be competitive, but to win. Can they do that? You know, is this something that they can finagle? And this, and this maybe is where we see um, the the emergence of Scott Fitter as a general manager and how good a general manager he is. Is if he can, you know, maintain most of the core of this team, pick up the pieces that they need, uh, in particular a quarterback, and just continue on an upward trajectory. You know. Next year, in 2023, Carolina has their own first round, their own second round, their own fourth round, and their own fifth round. Those are the four picks that they have. Right. That's not – that's thin. That's not – yeah, that's that's not, not abundant. Um, and in this day and age, it's about acquiring draft assets, right? Um, you hear that a lot in basketball. You hear a lot of that in the NFL. So, I mean, I think if you're reading the tea leaves a little bit, um, you know – I think they're in a position, maybe at a crossroads, where do they go down that road where they trade trade a couple of known commodities for 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 draft capital? See, but if they trade DJ Moore to me, that's not a big deal. DJ Moore's a really nice receiver. He can complement a good playoff team right now and make a difference. If they trade Christian McCaffrey, they are saying 
we're starting over. Sure. Even if it's not exactly true because right. he's not healthy all the time, makes a ton of money. He's the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. He's the, the big name. If DJ Moore gets traded, that gets reported, talked about, and then it's out of the news cycle and you move along. If McCaffrey gets traded, that's splashed on the front page sure. of the newspaper sure. and everyone talks about, did they get enough? What's the future? Sure. If you're in that boat, are you making no moves, small moves, or big moves? I would, I mean, if it just, if it was me talking, and if, let's say, uh, what, four months ago we had the, the billion dollar, right? right. If I had won that and somehow acquired an NFL team and was in this situation, what would I do? Uh, I think at this point, um, I, 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 I don't know. I, I think you got to, Maybe not tear it completely down, but I think you got to start over at some point. I mean, the, I, I I hear what you're saying. I just don't see. If, if you showed me a path where you could still fill some holes and not make crazy changes, I'd say that's that's obviously the the, the best thing to do. But um, you know, top ten NFL quarterbacks don't just grow on trees. I mean, and and people that have them don't want to part with them. So, um, so uh, to me, is the question then: Is there a legitimate playoff caliber? quarterback readily available somehow or is it something that you have to develop and then but let's say that playoff quarterback is i mean don't you agree with me i mean no i don't because there are playoff caliber quarterbacks that are going to be available kurt cousins is the perfect example of the guy that's going to be available i don't think he does anything for the panther franchise i think if you bring in kurt cousins you i think we're saying the same thing differently like i'm not just saying just some bring in some tom dick and harry you got to bring in a guy that you feel confident is going to lead your franchise to the playoffs well kurt cousins can lead you to the playoffs he just can't lead you to winning a super bowl i i think you have to go through the draft we've seen teddy bridgewater we've seen uh, Sam, we've seen uh, Baker. It, it, it's not working. It's not working. You ha- you could have gone after Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson may be a Super Bowl caliber sure. quarterback. I don't think many people regret not going after Deshaun Watson. There is a lot of baggage there. But he is that sort of football player. Yeah. And then the middle ground is the Kirk Cousin type I don't think he does the franchise a whole lot of good either. He's a professional. There's no question that he is dramatically better than anyone they've had since Cam Newton. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. He also gets paid a lot more than anybody they've had since Cam Newton. I think it's time to get a top draft pick, and I think you have to do whatever it takes to do that. This is the Bearded Carcast. Mike Pacheco, Dave Freeman. First segment talked uh, a little bit about the David Tepper uh, announcement today that Matt Rule is no longer going to be the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. But we're now going to look back on week five in the NFL. The Eagles remain the lone undefeated team. Houston picks up their first win of the year. Giants 
have a comeback win in London in the uh, 9.30 game yesterday, yesterday, as we taped this today. It was on Sunday morning. Cowboys uh, win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are first place in the uh, NFC South. Panthers, obviously, with the the difficult loss to the San Francisco 49ers. And New England with a 29-0 shutout over Detroit. Uh, Buffalo rolls over Pittsburgh. So kind of a, a lot going on yesterday in the NFL. Let's start with that morning game, the Giants in Green Bay. If you're a Giants fan, I fully understand why you would be excited about Brian Dable, why you'd be excited about their team. I have watched them play several times this year. I'm not convinced they're any good. Yeah. I think the much bigger story out of that game is Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Every week I watch the Packers, and every week I I am ready for them to charge through the tunnel <laughs> yeah. and look good. Yeah. Their offense looks sick. Yeah, that's like, kind like, of yeah. like what is going on? I don't know. I mean, is that a chemistry issue? I mean, you know, you have you know, arguably one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I mean, Devontae he, Adams can't possibly be that important, can he? Uh, maybe. Maybe, you know, um, you know, Randall Cobb had a, almost 100 yards. The decaying receiving. carcass of Randall Cobb is their number one receiver. I mean, that's he, yeah, not he good. He was yesterday. Uh, the two running backs. Uh, the two running backs are good. No, they are good. I, I don't get it. I think they have good players. They just think they, yeah. they're not scoring they haven't enough put it together. points right. to win. And, and yesterday they held a pretty, I thought, um, Solid lead. I mean, I, th- I thought they were in position yeah. to win the game and maybe cruise to victory, and they just stopped scoring. Yeah, but if you look at the the quarterbacks, I mean, the numbers were you know, very similar. Uh, Daniel Jones, twenty one of twenty seven, so he had a higher percentage um, than Aaron Rodgers, but two hundred seventeen yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, just kind of managing the game there. And Aaron Rodgers, twenty five of thirty nine, two hundred twenty two yards. He no picks. He had two touchdowns scored. Saquon Barkley had seventy yards on the ground on 13 carries. Uh, and, you know, they seemingly look like, you know, they had the game, I wouldn't say in control necessarily, but, you know, they, they were definitely doing the right things in the first half. But the second half, the Giants just made the big plays when, I, they, when I just, they had to. The NFC playoff picture is absolutely fascinating because I thought Green Bay was one of the mm-hmm. teams. I think it would be – I mean, how, how can the Rams – not be one Rams of are two the and three teams. right now. The Rams look the same as the Packers. Yeah. They look like something is just right. flat out wrong. Who would you say is the best team in the NFC right now? I think it's Tampa Bay, and I don't think it's close. Yeah. Now, I don't think they've looked. They that haven't looked good, great either. No, but their defense is. They're stout. very good defense. Right. They've played a very very difficult schedule. Their defense wasn't good against Kansas City. That's one game in Kansas City offensively. A is very good, and mm-hmm. Andy Reid's particularly good at the beginning of the year. But I mean, if you're gonna go really excited about Philadelphia, great. If you're going to do so about... Um, but Philadelphia has had a pretty... Uh, I mean, the, the toughest team they faced uh, by record has been the Minnesota Vikings, and they, they beat them pretty handily. Yeah. I, I mean, hats off to Philadelphia. Yeah. They feel like a team that's peaking awfully early to me. Dallas is well, an incredible This will be an interesting... Um, this will be an interesting game coming up uh, with Dallas... Uh, what's that, the Sunday game, Dallas right. and Philadelphia? I, it's amazing to me how all of it 
quote unquote best teams in the NFC are really good defensively, mm-hmm. right? So like Tampa Bay is supposed to be amazing offensively. They're not. They're pretty good. They're fine. Green Bay is supposed to be great offensively. They're just bad on offense right now. The Rams are bad on offense right now. But a lot of these teams defensively are, are quite good. And Dallas is probably the best example of that. Yeah. They lost their quarterback. They were horrible the first Sunday of the year. Yeah, and you're thinking, bad. just talk about first, yeah. first coach being fired. Right. I think Mike McCarthy right. was very much on the right. hot seat. Right. It's cooled off. And they've <laughs> gone to the backup quarterback yeah. who has been a perfect backup quarterback. Perfect. He's yeah. been very solid. He's allowed the defense to do their thing. And, you know, it's under the radar. Michael Gallup returning was really big mm-hmm. for them just because he's a competent NFL receiver. Mm-hmm. And at times they haven't had that. Yeah. The uh, the other uh, What other storylines from the weekend do you want to get into here? Um... I mean, I guess you have to ask those questions about the the end of game scenarios, right? Baltimore now in back to back mm-hmm. weeks has mm-hmm. had those kind of are you going for right, it at right. goal to go at the two yard line? I thought what John Harbaugh did last night was really smart. I understand what the analytics say. You're up by three. There's six, seven minutes to go. You're at the two-yard line. You score a touchdown. You go up two possessions. You probably win the game. He opts to go for the chip shot field goal to go up six. I think what he was saying in that instance was, we have the best field goal kicker in the league. If they go down and get seven, we kick another field goal, and we win the game. It, It doesn't always work out quite that simply, but... I mean, I think we're seeing the Chargers. Did you see any of the Chargers yesterday? They're leading Cleveland with four or five minutes to go. They're backed up at their own 35, 40-yard line, and they go for it, fourth (laughs) down and two. And again, the analytics suggested that that was an even or better than even play. It's just very unconventional from what we're used to seeing. Yeah, no doubt about it. But And that's that feel, right, between analytics and – and just kind of what you see in your eyes. Your Chargers won that game 32-28. Austin Eckler, 173 yards on the ground. Nick Chubb, 134 yards. And they had both roughly the same amount of carries, um, both those guys. 17 uh, for Chubb and 16 for Eckler. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's interesting. I mean, if you flip it over and you look at the AFC, the AFC, which was supposed to be such a monster, particularly... Well, it looks like Buffalo and Kansas City, right? And then everybody else? But remember at the beginning of the year, it was the AFC West is a historically good division. Yeah. Well, Russell Wilson and Denver look like an absolute train wreck. I'm wondering if... You're a first-year head coach. You've taken a ton of heat, and now you have an ownership change yeah. in the middle of your first season. First season. <laughs> that does not feel as though it would be a very comfortable yeah. situation. Well, how are you feeling about this Thursday night game? It's uh, the Washington Commanders and the Chicago Bears. If you didn't like the, the yeah, Seahawks and it, the Colts. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, hopefully it'll be more entertaining yeah, than, well. than the Seahawks and Colts. But, but yeah. But you I, know what's funny? That game, like, social media has really changed how we look at games, right? Because if, if you paid attention to – to like Twitter on Friday, you would have thought that was the worst game ever played in the NFL. And there have been a lot of bad games in the NFL. Well, it was a bad game. No, I'm not saying it was a good game, but I'm, what I'm right, saying The it, number of quarterbacks that you expect to be pretty good that have been bad, and Russell mm-hmm. Wilson's at the top of it, but Matt Ryan just looks finished. I mean, he, he looks terrible. Indianapolis, by the way, has done a little bit of what Carolina did, right? They have a revolving door at sure. quarterback with all of these old veteran guys, and no one seems to to want to 
well, no, no one is able to perform at a high enough level to really do great things. I, I texted several people at halftime of that game last Thursday, and I said, you got to go to Nick Foles. You, yeah. you, I, I can't watch Matt Ryan play quarterback. He threw anymore. 41 times in that game. Yeah. Completed, I think, what, 26, two interceptions. Right. Yeah. And, but he was, he was, yeah. He could have been intercepted five times. Well, and Russell Wilson wasn't any better. He was 21 of 39, two interceptions, 274 yards in the air. Right. I mean, so at what point is it on the quarterback and at what point is it on the coach? Like, Russell Wilson had a darn good run, maybe better than that, in Seattle. And now he's going to Denver, and while the receivers in Seattle, Lockett and Metcalf are really good, Jerry Judy is good, and Cortland Sutton Mm -hmm. is good— what what who is to blame? That is, I think that's the kind of the the age old problem, right? Because I mean, you could say that here. You know, was it was it coaching? You know, in Carolina, was it coaching? Was it all on coaching? Was it all on the, the the coaching staff, or has it just been the revolving door at quarterback that they've had here? And maybe one bleeds into the other because maybe they're not getting the coaching they need to do to be successful, uh, or maybe they just don't have the overall personnel to be successful. You know, with Russell Wilson. I think we've we've learned this, right? And Tom Brady is the outlier. But, um, you know, everybody, every NFL player has a shelf life. And sometimes you can see it coming. Sometimes it just drops off drastically. Sometimes it takes a long time to to slow down. It, it just, every guy's different. Well, except Father Time, he used to be undefeated. And then he met Tom Brady. Now well, he's, he's still going to win. <laughs> it's just, it's taken him a lot longer to, to take, take, take Brady down to the, down to the wire here. We know we've talked a lot about it. Um, I, I'm not really watching baseball. I did turn on on my second TV the Padres and, and Mets last night. Yeah. Have you watched any of the playoffs? What has been your takeaway? You've known me for I don't know, 17 years, 18 years, 19 years, 20 years. Well, we've known each other for a really long time. I'm Dave. Hi, Dave. Good to meet you. Um, there is no baseball when the Red Sox aren't in the playoffs. So you haven't watched I haven't paid not attention. Not interested. No, not interested. Okay. So there was a 14 14- I shouldn't say that. Uh, Friday night, uh, Friday I was busy because it was high school football. John's Now, John wasn't playing, but uh, we were volunteering. So uh, we went We went to Charlotte Catholic and, and manned the concession stand. I tell you what, Dave, you want to make two hours go by really fast and feel like you worked eight hours in a two-hour shift, do the concession stand what's at a the, high school football what's game. What's the big oh, hot goodness. seller? Uh, well, I was manning the hot, the uh, the popcorn machine. Okay. Yeah, so, so popcorn you, was a pretty big hit. Chick-fil-A sandwiches were a big hit. What's a popcorn go for at a high school football um, game? Probably two bucks, a okay. buck, buck or two bucks. Yeah? Yeah, but you can only pop two bags at a time, so you got to build up a little bit of a reserve. Do we sell candy? So, Oh, yeah, candy was probably the big seller. Uh, Airheads, they had the Sour Patch Skittles. Uh, I think there's some M&M's, the peanut M&M's. They didn't have regular M&M's. You know, it's funny what kids like these days, right? Like they were into all these like Airheads and things like that. And then, um, but the the Skittles and then the old, you know, the Snickers bars, those were big. Uh, cheeseburgers, hamburgers, hot dogs. We sold out of all those. Uh, yeah, it was fun. And then Saturday uh, we had a, a surprise birthday party we had to go to. And we did some stuff around the house. And then Sunday I was working all day, so uh, I just haven't been as. as I, I I would say this. Um, if the White Sox were, if the White Sox had been in the playoffs, I would have obviously because with the connection with the Knights and and we you know I would have been keen on that. Um, but no Red Sox, no White Sox. Uh, I'll probably no Red Sox, no White Sox, no interest. No interest. Um, I do like the Dodgers. I would probably pay attention to the. I'll probably be more dialed into the 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 division series than I was the first round. All right. Well, again, I, I watched very little 
over the first several days, but there were a couple of things that came up that I thought were worth talking about. One was the police frisking of Joe <laughs> yeah, Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. I, yeah. I mean, again, I, I had the second TV on it. I was watching yeah. Sunday Night Football. I had the second TV on it, and I'm kind now, of— Now, you, do you have the DVR? Were you Zapruder filming it? Like, were you going back and— Have you ever seen an umpire, a referee? He, he frisked him. Remember, didn't that happen like when they first instituted it? Didn't it? Didn't it seem like it was a little over the top when they first started doing that? I mean, that was bizarre. Yeah. Was there no um, repercussion for that? You can tell the umpire. I believe that guy has a foreign substance. They go out there and they give him the inspection that would be illegal in some countries, <laughs> and they go, "No, we didn't find anything." And like. I think the the manager should be able to ask for that, and if it's not the case, he's ejected or something. I mean, like, how can you just ask that? Yeah, you can't. Well, it's but you know, baseball's had that kind of on the books. You know, umpires don't necessarily have to adhere. Like, they don't have an umpire. A manager can ask. I don't think they have to. They're not. They're under no obligation to to listen to them. So the day, I don't think. The, I think I don't think they have to. If I don't think you can just arbitrarily. Say, hey, I want you to check it, and then they have to check. I don't think that's the case. Okay, so my understanding is one of the reasons, maybe the primary reason that they wanted him investigated was spin rate, right? right? And this really gets into the— But this is what what created the whole inspecting pictures off the mound. Exactly right. So apparently his spin rate was significantly better yesterday than it had been in the last— I don't know how many starts, right? It, but it, but it was a clear. It would be a guy shooting, uh, you know, sixty percent on three pointers as opposed to thirty percent. I mean, it was, it was a big, big, big right. difference. It was a guy that you know, in, in old baseball parlance, a guy that normally threw ninety, throwing ninety-five miles per hour. Right. So if they went out there and they didn't find anything, how do you attribute the spin rate? You know, baseball is a funny sport. I mean, I agree. I, I hear where you're going with that. Um, sometimes guys just have a, a good feel that day. The, 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 the grip's just a little bit better. Maybe there's some, uh, some, something to do with the atmosphere. Uh, you know, uh, knuckleball pitchers would tell you that. Uh, you know, on windier days, th- they would get you know yep. better movement on their knuckleball. I, I'm, I, I think it's fair to say that. I mean, I tend to be a smoke fire guy i mean if there's smoke there's fire so maybe there was some something to the substance what do you make the mets total and utter collapse that well long time outside of 1986 uh i I think you know more recent history people would say that that's probably not as big a surprise to me the bigger surprise was the uh the fact they didn't sell out the the deciding game how about that like i mean it's bad enough that they collapse well you know what i think it was i think because Friday night was such a disaster. It's uh, one game. I know, but that's New York, man. <laughs> that's crazy. Can you imagine? It's your team works all year to get yeah. to the playoffs. I understand they wanted a buy. They didn't get a. But buy. you know what? But I think I think um, if if I can inject some Red Sox psychology here, I, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, I think they kind of at some point during the summer they expected to win the division, right? I mean, it, sure. And then, I mean, and I know, like ten and a half games in June isn't like that's a lot, but it's not. But the like, reward for not winning the division, but having one of the best records, right? Of well, the- they, they they still at home field, so it, it it didn't necessarily hurt them. But you know, they could have been in the buy situation. Wouldn't and- you love it if one of the players came out and said, 
you know, we worked all year. We didn't fulfill our goal of getting a bye, but we got home field advantage. And then our fans, they really let us down. They didn't provide that environment that that we thought we had earned. Yeah, yeah. the one town you don't do that is New York City. (laughs) (laughs) That was crazy. The other crazy baseball thing is there was that 14-inning game. I think it was Cleveland and Toronto. Yeah, Cleveland and Toronto. Right? And there were some— No, no, no. Uh, It was— Was it Cleveland? Yeah, it was Cleveland and Toronto. No, the race. Cleveland and the race. Cle- Cleveland and the race. Cleveland yeah. and the race. It was the game that ended the series, right? It was the yeah. second game. Guy hit a home run in the 14th inning. I believe, and you can verify this, I believe there were something like 13 hits in the game and 39 strikeouts. Um, in the, the second game, there was 11 hits in the game. 11 hits. Yeah. Now, remember, in extra innings in the playoffs, they don't do the, the designated Right, it's more it's traditional. Runner. Right, right. So they played 14 innings. And there were 11 total hits. Mm-hmm. And were there 39 strikeouts? Uh, hold on, let me get that box score going here. I mean, I mean it, it was absurd. This game is the definition of what I think is wrong with baseball. Everyone is swinging for the fences. The game yeah. did end on a home run. Right. But the ball is never in play. And you have most of the outs ending on a pitch that is either a called strike or a swing and a mess. Yeah. Now, my dad and I were talking about this yesterday, and I, I hadn't seen the game. And he went, yeah, it was a great game. Every guy that came up, you were thinking, yeah. this guy might hit a home run to yeah. win the game. 39 strikeouts, you're right. 39 strikeouts. Yeah, Tampa Bay's pitcher struck And 11 out. hits. 19 Indians hitters. How many walks were there in the game? Uh, only eight. So there were... 19 base runners, 11 hits and eight walks. There were 19 base runners and there were 39 strikeouts. And uh, two hit batters. So there were 21 base runners <laughs> in the game and there were 39 strikeouts. And the game took like four and a half hours, right? Yeah, there were uh, 16 men left on base. Man. I mean, and again, the reason my dad thought this was a compelling game, and he's right is, it was a playoff game. Sure. Anytime there is meaning in the game. Oh, well, anytime yeah. it's a tight game. It doesn't matter to the sport. A, a, exactly. a one score game in any playoff game is an exciting If something game. is yeah. on the line, yeah. it's a big deal. And the tighter, the more drama yeah. there is. No doubt. But that does not mean it is a well played, good, entertaining product. It's the Thursday night football game from last week. It was a tight game. It was a close game. It was a dramatic game. Yeah. It was just a pathetically bad game. 16 pitchers, eight on both sides. But again, it was 15 innings, so it wasn't like... I have a hard time thinking that that is a good product. Now, that being said, I believe it was the first game in that series, or maybe it was a different game, a different playoff series, that the first game was played in like two hours and 20 no, minutes. No, it was, it was the game on Friday. It was... Because uh, actually, I, I, I was thinking about... I was actually thinking about catching a bit of that game, and it just ended. Uh, it was a two-to-one game. Uh, and it was played in two hours and I think 17 minutes. I mean, that's outstanding. So with the pitch clock coming into play next year, do you believe that Major League Baseball will gain essentially a lot of the benefits that Minor League Baseball did? I'd be stunned if they didn't. I'd be stunned if they don't gain at least 20 minutes. I I mean, I think that is fabulous. But But I think what happens, Dave, is it's not just the speeding up of the game. In totality, right? It's not just taking a three-hour game and making it a a, a two forty game or 
a 315 and, and making it a 250 game. I think it's um, I think there's just been too much standing around in between pitches. So I think when you have something going yeah, on more every 20 seconds, I think that leads, believe it or not, in a weird kind of way. Um, I haven't seen the data yet. Um, I don't think it really changes balls and like uh, walks and strikeouts. And but I think what it does do is I I, I felt like our games had more um, baseballs put into play. Uh, now there still were games where there were going to be a lot of strikeouts, uh, but you know we would have the difference is we would have like a I don't know a, a, like a ten five game that in normal pre pitch clock days would have been a three hour three fifteen. That's a two and a half hour game. Yeah. So if in fact they have solved some of the speed of the game problems to me the other issue that has to be addressed is the lack of action does the but i think change but i think but i think that takes that away i think that mitigates it a little oh bit. that's interesting you don't think you need as much action if the game is moving swiftly yes huh okay what about the now the, that may be different in a red sox yankees game when they're still going to take you know no but seriously i i think but i think speeding up the game is going to put more balls in play interesting Interesting. That's my feeling. Will you watch more baseball playoffs? I will. I will. Now that it's in the division series, um, uh, you know, once we get closer to the ACL, ALCS and World Series, I'll, I'll, I'll be paying attention to that, definitely. Uh, this was just a, you know, I, I, I kind of, the season went later this year, so it's it's I haven't had as much time to kind of decompress from the baseball season. So last weekend was the first weekend off I think I'd had uh, fully since, you know, spring training. So, uh, I took advantage of that and was a dad and did other things. And then I actually had to work Sunday um, for the Panthers. So, Now, what about where we'll be a month from today? A month from today, we will be in Happy Valley, right? State College, State Pennsylvania College, PA, for yeah. tip-off of the season. It's a shame that there's not a home football game. Well, they don't usually play them on No, Mondays. but I was thinking we would go early, like if there was a home football Couple game days on Saturday. Early. I don't think we would stay for the next well, week. Well, that, 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 that is Breeders' Cup weekend. So The week following? No, the week before. The week before. So if you want to go on a road trip, right. I, I will entertain Where going is Breeders' up, Cup this year? That's in at Keeneland in Ooh. Lexington. Would you like to, to go to Lexington, and then we'll go straight from well, Lexington to State College? You're going to do some Googling? It's gonna, not that close. I know it's not that close. Cause you're up for that road trip. That's a road trip I can do. Well, 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 from from for us, well, we are in Charlotte. It's about seven hours to, to Lexington. To Lexington, right? Right. So that would be that'd be a, a kind of a beefy first part, first leg. Right. But we'd be so excited about yeah. seeing flight line. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And then, and this is just as a crow flies. This isn't even driving time. Um, it, it it I end up. It's probably going to end up being. If we were to drive that, it'd be about almost three hundred and seventy miles. So should we leave Thursday? <laughs> we might. Can we get the jet? So we've win, but I've been at several winter basketball practices. Now you've been to a couple. Oh my god, of, that'd be so out of the way. It wouldn't even be funny. Yeah, it's not close. Um, been to a couple winter basketball practices. Yes. Any impressions? Um, I don't do impressions, but what I will tell you is that um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I know a guy who used to do an unbelievable do yeah. Tom Browning. Oh when yeah, he right. A, yeah, yeah. The uh, the perfect game, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's that's outstanding. I don't. No, I do. I do some impressions. I was just joking, but uh, but not that one. Uh, no, I mean, I think um, uh, you know, we don't really get a chance to uh, to see them in action as far as like you know they have a couple scrimmages coming up and those generally are closed doors. Uh, I'd love to get a um, an inter squad. We haven't. I haven't had a chance to see them in inter squad play. I mean, just obviously practicing. They do go. You know, they do go. You know, live back and forth. I would say, um, 
I think they're going to be a different team. Obviously, no DJ Burns, um, but I still think their strength is going to be in the interior. It's just going to be a different strength, if that makes sense. It's and, you know, DJ had just did so many good things offensively. It was just so hard, so powerful, and hard to stop. But I think Kelton Telford continues to improve. Um, he just seems to always be in the right place at the right time. And you know, uh, Chase Claxton's going to be back, and you have Mike Anumba. Um, you know, I don't know where the 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 um, you know obviously you know sincere McMahon and and Corey Hightower will will kind of be the sharpshooters, but you know, and we've been used to teams here, Dave, where they've had three, four, five guys that shoot the three. Um, I think this is a team that's going to score a little bit differently, but I think it's going to be a better defensive team. So they might not need to be uh, you know eighty seven, eighty eight points a game. I, I think there's just a lot we don't know. Yeah, uh, I mean the two new point guards are both very, very intriguing to me, per- particularly Cason uh, uh, Harrison. I, I, I've been impressed by what I've seen from him. And you get Cam Whiteside back, and Tanari Lane is back. And, and you don't see necessarily the Patrick Good who's going to fill it up. But I feel like there are a lot of guys that are capable of doing yeah. that. And, and it was interesting visiting with Mark Prosser after practice today. And, and I think we'll play a few minutes yeah. of that conversation just to get his perspective. But more than anything, my takeaway is he's excited and he's ready. You know, it is interesting. I think last year, I think there was, um, I don't know, I don't want to, not nerves, because that's not right. But I think there was, you know, stepping into the breach a little bit, right? Like it's, I mean, he known commodity. He knows what he's getting himself into, but uh, it was a team that w- were the defending Big South Conference champs back to back, and you know that's a lot of pressure. And you know, the the team, um, I think you'd still say it was a good season last year. Now, not by Winthrop terms, they didn't win the conference tournament, but uh, a lot I think of good- it was the best year a first year coach has ever oh, had in the history of the league. Right, no doubt. And so that was good. Um, so I think coming off, I, I think maybe, you know, comfortable is not the right word, but maybe at ease. Uh, you know, I think he, he's really excited about this team, and I think it showed. And now let's hear some Mark Prosser. You've now been here for over a year. Is this now your program? Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I think we've always sort of been a player's program. Um, that's what we want to be. I think uh, I'm very fortunate to be part of Chase Claxton and Mike Anumba and, um, and Corey Hightower's program right now. And um, is there some familiarity? Is there a sense of comfort from, from being here in our system and things like that? I think you could sort of see that coming throughout the course of last year. Um, so there may be a little, you know, maybe personal comfort in that, that um, there's guys out there that can finish our sentences and understand systematically what we want. Um, but uh, but no, it's never certainly going to be about me. Our, our kids are uh, who we follow, and, uh, and they've done a great, great job of, of leading us. How is this team different than last year? Yeah, I think um – you know, obviously, we've 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 added in a lot of ways. Um, you know, we lost some really good players as well, and, and really good people. But um, you know, I think we have the ability to to be a little better defensively, to be a little harder to score against. I think you know we have some length and athleticism and skills, so we can play even a little bit faster than we've played in the past. But 
you know, certainly, um, you know, we'll have to make up some ground offensively. We, we scored it at a high level when we did get shots. You know, obviously we turned it over a little too much, didn't go get uh, enough of our own misses. But, um, you know, I think we have the ability to be who, you know, who we sort of want to be and play fast and, and get up and down and transition from defense to offense a little quicker and uh, and maybe pressure a little more so in the full court. We just have, uh, I think, the ability and the, and the personnel to be able to do it. Fans know the returners, but there are a whole bunch of newcomers. Who can they look forward to seeing? Yeah, I think, you know, on different days, it'll be a bunch of different guys. Uh, you know, it, just how it's been throughout practice in the preseason and, and some days that, you know, there'll be some guys that are, they're showing some signs and another day it might be somebody else. So, um, you know, I think obviously it's, it's difficult in college basketball now for first-year guys to um, to get, come in and have a huge impact. That's not to say that we won't have guys that will do that. Um, you know, I think guys that come into your program in their third, fourth, second, whatever year of college basketball, I think those guys will have the, uh, the ability to sort of be up to speed quick um, and I think all those guys that have done that, and you, you add, you know, Cameron Whiteside and Tanari Lane, who didn't uh, have a chance to play for us last year, to that group with with Howard Fleming and Casey Harrison and Isaiah Wilson as well, to guys that have you know three or four years of experience under their belt. Um, I think those guys are all you know sort of Division One ready. Um, certainly, you know, chomping at the bit to help this team and, and to get us back to where we want to go. I'm just really excited uh, for more Winthrop basketball and to hear more from Mark Prosser. We'll have media day coming up here in a couple of weeks. And then, as Dave said, uh, about a month a month away, a little uh, under a month away, we'll be um, tipping it off in now, uh, Happy I, I Valley. I don't think it's true, but I have heard that David Tepper could be interested in Prost. Really? Panthers. You think he's got a chance? All right. Well, well, we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. I, I, he's a big football fan. He is a big football fan. He definitely is not. His team has about the same record as the Panthers. <laughs> wow. It's true. All right. Well, we'll But uh, they've got a young quarterback. They do have a young quarterback. I don't think Prost can be a quarterback, though. I think he's too old. Yeah. Just turned 44. So yeah. happy birthday, yeah, Prost. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Happy birthday, Prost. All right. Well, that's it for us. This is listener supported Bearded Carcast. Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com is how you can get a hold of us. We may or may not. Should we look. check the email? We haven't checked well, it in a long time. Probably not. No. I mean, you can email us. Might might be better off direct probably, messaging us. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably. We could use some. Uh, tips on where to go the Winthrop schedule is out we're going to some some new places this year if you've got a a thing for us to to look at or or interact with or a restaurant we'd love to hear some of those all right bearded carcast at outlook.com follow along at bearded carcast for Dave I am Mike until next time you have been listening to the bearded carcast thanks for listening